0: Before we get started with Matt Moore today, I wanted to address what happened today in Washington. It was terrible, it was something that you just couldn't take your eyes away from. And I know it's something that is stressful for a lot of people. We are not going to address that or really talk about that on today's episode. We're not really gonna dive into that at all. There are many other places that you can look at or listen to or watch that are talking about that. We're gonna try to be some kind of a a respite or some kind of distraction if you wanna say that word away from all that, so we're just going to talk about Dallas Mavericks basketball and Denver Nuggets basketball, so uh, enjoy this episode, and uh, hope everyone is staying safe and healthy out there. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. Dallas Mavericks are NBA champions. Is- bang! Is- bang! Bang! It's good! And the Mavericks have won the game! you, If
1: you don't believe, you shouldn't be here.
0: And welcome, you are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks and Denver Nuggets. My name is Nick Engstead, host of the Locked On Mavericks podcast, media member and coordinator for the Locked On Podcast Network, and joining me, or I'm joining him, depending on which feed you're listening to, is Matt Moore, HP Basketball. You know him, the legend. Uh, He hosts the Locked On Nuggets podcast, obviously, and a bunch of other stuff for the Action Network. Um, Matt, Matt,
1: what a a day day for for us us to meet meet
0: today, my friend. friend.
1: Totally normal day that I, I will remember this. I'll be like, Oh yeah, that was the day that I met Nick on the day of the insurrection. That'll be a nice memory to go ahead and, and provide context to you. Oh, Congratulations. Man. You're now associated with insurrection in my mind <laughs>
0: in your, yeah, in your forever, mind. <laughs> Nick. Well, we have a, we have a, a joke on locked on NBA. Anytime I host with Ben Golliver, it, uh, something crazy happens that we hosted the day that the NBA stoppage happened we we hosted like the day like a bunch of stuff happened it just keeps happening every time but uh, nothing nothing like this i don't believe so uh, all right we're going to talk about the Dallas Mavericks and the Denver Nuggets. So let's get into in the first segment. We're going to talk about the Denver Nuggets. The second segment, we're going to talk about the Mavericks. Matt's going to ask me some questions. And the third segment, whatever else we des- whatever else we decide, whatever if we still want to be talking about Jokic and Luka's weight by the third segment, maybe we can get into that. We can talk. We can talk about that. Some scales, uh, or we can get into Faku, or we can get into anything we want to. Am
1: I pronouncing his name right? Is that how you pronounce his name? You are, and every time that I say it, I, I cannot help but going, fuck who, fuck me! And that just every <laughs> single time in my head, that's what went am coming out,
0: so. Oh man, uh, okay. What has been the biggest area of struggle for the Denver Nuggets? Because it seems like the Nuggets and the Mavericks are kind of in this similar boat, right? I think they have, yeah, they're yeah, they both 3-4 and four going into this game. And we're doing this crossover because the Mavericks and the Nuggets are playing on Thursday. So they're playing tonight if you're listening to this on Thursday. So what has been the biggest area of struggle for them? They started off, what were they, 1-4 and four to, to begin the season, I believe and then have gone on this you know two-game winning streak, if you can call it a streak. What has been sort of the drop-off from the last time we saw the Nuggets, Jamal Murray was insane, Jokic was playing out of his mind. Mo- I mean, it was just absolutely this great-looking team, and now they just seem to come back down to earth.
1: Unfortunately, the Nuggets ran into the powerhouse that is the Sacramento Kings, and so it's, it's hard <laughs> so, to... Hey, so did Marvin Bagley's to, dad. <laughs> Hard to, hard to mock them for that <laughs> no uh they ran into the kings on the on the first night and they lost in double and overtime on a buzzer beater um and then they lost again when the defense was absolutely like defense is the, the big answer here is that their defense has been terrible adding Jamichael green which they didn't get back until the minnesota series was a big big plus for them that helped a lot with kind of cooling down the defensive issues as well as Michael poor jr. Not playing because his defense has been horrible. They have a lot of guys that they're trying to get used to. Um, the first couple of the games, Jamal Murray was playing really below his standard. Like, even if you're like, well, he's not a guy that you can count on to go off for 30, unless he's in the playoffs. He was like, one of eight, like he didn't score a bucket in the first game outside of a dunk. Like it was crazy how much <laughs> Murray struggled in the first two games. And so like, I it's not that I'm making excuses. It's just like, if you ask me like what's going on, I look around the league and there's a lot of this stuff going on where you're just yeah. like, just, weird stuff like the hornets beat the nets because kevin durant was out and then like the mavericks 50 piece the clippers because <laughs> that's just kind of where we're at this season there's just like all of these kind of weird occurrences and it's not that i don't think denver has problems because they do i think that defensively they have issues they're small and undersized um their offense especially in the second unit malone has basically had to find ways to prop up their bench units using one of the starters. And they've settled on Jokic being the guy to help get the offense going because the bench just cannot score whenever it's on the floor without Jamal Murray or Nicole Jokic.
0: Yeah, it's Jeremy Grant like leaving seemed to be one a huge thing, and now if you're just if you're reactionary, you're gonna say, oh well, they miss Jeremy Grant's defense, and he's going in, in Detroit. But there's just a lot of little things, and it's just coming off of you know a break. Like Luca Doncic talked about how we've talked about this a lot on Locked On Mavs about how he thought the season was gonna start in March or February, and so some of these guys just didn't come ready to play, and that's that's been part of it. It's been interesting to see how the Mavericks and the Nuggets have switched issues, even though last year they both had incredible offenses and and, you know, decent to bad defenses. The Mavericks this year have a pretty good defense, and their offense has been completely behind, whereas the, the Nuggets still, I guess, still have the same issue they had last year. Um, but Jokic coming into the season, has has he's been averaging, like, double-digit assists every single game, and he's just been... Have, have they changed anything about his role, or has he just been lights out passing and guys have just been hitting shots around him?
1: No, it's weird. I think, I think honestly, a lot of it was the playoffs I think shaped him a little bit in terms of he saw what the other superstars were doing. And I think he's another year older. And I think he's just growing out of his immaturity. Um, the last couple of seasons, he started the season horribly the first two months. He just didn't want to play. Like he just didn't want to play. And it was pretty obvious. He was out of shape. He wasn't shooting. He just didn't want to be there. I think part of it was that Jokic is a, is a guy that thrives on the great things about basketball. He's not there for like the everyday grind. And so um, when he went from the playoffs where this it's high level and tactical and everything's supercharged and it's, it's so great. And then it's like, and now it's Tuesday night versus the magic. Like he just has problems, (laughs) I think adapting to that shift. And this season, he's just taking it a lot more seriously. Like, I mean, the word baby is often used with him, and he Mm -hmm. hasn't played or acted like that at all this season. He just seems like a guy that's growing into what he needs to be. He's played at an MVP level for a team that's under 500 and will probably get over 500 the next couple weeks. Um, He's, like, his passing has never been better. His scoring has never been better. His skill in controlling the game has never been better. He hasn't been the defensive problem at all. Like, he's not the issue defensively. Um, this is the best basketball I've ever seen Jokic play, which is why it's wild that they're still struggling to find wins.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Well, and he's been the offensive engine where some people thought that Jamal Murray would take that next level. He would kind of take over some of that from him. It just doesn't seem to have been the case. Um, all right. Uh, so what, (laughs) What do you make of the constant? Denver should trade for Harden, Beal, anybody. It seems like they're always the team that someone's like, you know, who should make a trade? You know, who should trade somebody? You know, if they ever decided to get rid of Michael Porter Jr., I feel like that's the question. I'm sure you've talked about this a lot on Lockdown Nuggets. So apologies to your listeners, but but ours were you know for Locked On Mavs are always thinking about. Well, the, well, what if Denver makes a move? What if they get Harden? Then all of a sudden they're going to be this huge, you know, uh, like insurmountable team in the in the Western Conference. What do you make of all those? You know, all that talk.
1: Well there's a lot of things kind of tied up in here. They were these they were the runner up to the Drew Holiday Stakes and they were they thought they were in good position and thought they were going to pull it off. And then the Bucs were just basically like, we don't care. How many how many picks? 5. <laughs> Done. Done. Five. And so the Mavericks were caught or the Nuggets were caught off guard by that. Like they were stunned. Uh, it's been a pretty stunning off season honestly for the Nuggets because they thought they had Jeremy Grant back. They thought they had a handshake agreement. They felt like he was going to come back they offered him the same money that Detroit did and he still left Ooh. great piece on the athletic today from Anthony Edwards the third about oh. uh not Anthony Edwards uh, uh, say, but, uh
0: John Edwards yeah not Anthony Edwards James Edwards,
1: yeah James Edwards about uh how I was watching a lot of wolves wolves film in the last couple of days <laughs> uh about how that decision was prompted because Grant wanted to play for a black executive and a black head coach and that's hard to blame the guy for that given how passionate he was about the Breonna Taylor case I asked him a lot about that in the playoffs I made sure that even after he started responding to the media about game stuff again, that I asked him about Taylor updates because I knew that's what he wanted to talk about. Um, Hmm. They were stunned by that. So basically like they really wanted to make a move and they lost a guy and then they really want to get holiday and they couldn't get him because the Wizards traded for Westbrook. Now Beal is definitely off the table. If that goes South, expect the Nuggets to be back in that conversation. Conley and Tim and Tim Shepard are both are really close. Conley has a lot of ties to the organization, Tommy Shepard, pardon me uh, have a lot of ties, the organization like that, I would expect that to happen if Beal ever wants out. But for right now that's off the table. The Harden thing, I honestly don't think happens for a number of reasons. One, um, not going to want to be in Denver. He's just not, you don't, uh, he's traveling to Atlanta and Vegas because Houston isn't enough. If Houston isn't (laughs) enough to, to whet your appetites, you probably should not go to Denver. Yeah, the, um, the Drake song. So, the
0: Drake song is Houston, Atlanta, Vegas. It's not. It's not Boulder, Atlanta, Vegas. Or, or exactly. Boulder Colorado so Springs, like Denver.
1: Yeah, and so like one of the things that Denver's really kind of done is they pride themselves on getting in guys that love basketball. Like they have a bunch of gym rats that just want to go in and do their work, and all the extracurricular stuff is not really all that important to them. Jamal Murray is not posing for a bunch of do a bunch of stuff. He's not like constant, like he'll want the money, but. He's like, he is focused. He loves basketball. Jokic is the same way. Doesn't like doing media, wants to focus on the games. Harden's a rock stars, I've termed it. And so like that fit doesn't work. Houston's going to want MPJ, Barden and or Harris, probably Bowl, Bowl and picks. Yeah. And Denver's just never going to give up that much. They're just not. They, they look at this and they go, we made the Western Conference finals last year. Even if they take a downturn this year, they're still going to say, like, we made the Western Conference Finals last year. We just got to find a a way to get back to that. So I don't expect the Harden trade to take place. The MPJ thing is becoming a little bit awkward because he's just really struggling to find a place with the starters and to figure out how to fit on a court with everybody. And there's a lot of frustrations there, but he's so talented. I'm of the impression, given the people that I've talked to, that the only way that MPJ gets traded is for an MVP level talent, which Harden obviously is having finished top three in the last five years. But I don't think that Harden is the personality that where they go, this is worth it for us. I don't think that that MPJ is going to get dealt in any such deal unless ownership decides to intervene.
0: Yeah. and. It's the NBA. Anything can happen at any given moment, right? I mean, you, you've covered the league long enough to know that things just changed at the drop of a hat. So, uh, all right, coming up, let's get into some of the Dallas Mavericks stuff. Luka Doncic, talk about the addition of Josh Richardson, possibly. We'll talk about Christoph Borzingis Maybe he's coming back, hopefully, maybe. We'll see. We'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, Bet Online, You guys ready for some football? There's tons of football, tons of games still happening this weekend. If you guys want to get in on the action, there's only one place that as you covered, the one place that we trust, BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use that promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Go on there, check out some of the playoff games for the NFL. There's tons of stuff. We've talked about it. There's also NCAA uh, national championship games. There's obviously daily NBA games and stuff. And uh, go check out all that. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive a 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online. Your online sportsbook experts. And also, brought to you by CBDMD. I know a lot of people are trying to put fitness into their New Year's resolutions. start the year off right, move more, get more active, lose some weight possibly. I know a lot of people are focusing on that. And if your New Year's resolutions happen to include fitness, CBD MD has a brand new topical product that'll help keep you moving all year long. CBD relief with lidocaine fuses CBD MD's hybrid broad spectrum formula with fast acting lidocaine to help provide temporary relief for minor aches and pains. And the new bag on valve spray technology relief can be applied comfortably at any angle, even upside down, which is kind of wild. And to make it even easier to get the year started off right, they're offering all of our listeners 20% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Again, that promo code is NBA. That's CBDMD.com, promo code NBA for 20% off your next purchase of superior CBD products from CBDMD. 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks, all winter long. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast wherever you get your pods. All right, Matt Moore, let's get into some Dallas Mavericks. What is, uh, what's peaking your interest about Dallas right now?
1: Uh, why have you guys not killed everybody? Because I have you guys like a top four seed and took the over and would like some answers, please. I need someone to be held accountable for this start. No, um, <laughs> I guess like the biggest question, the biggest question I have is like, okay, so I I was down in the Mavericks last year in preseason because I was like, this is not a good team. Like, look at these guys. Like, Luke is amazing. Luke is incredible. KP is really injury prone and hopefully available, yeah. <laughs> like difficult, like, and there's been a lot of signs that. He's overrated in some aspects and underrated in some. I liked White Powell. Like, I, I liked a lot of their guys. My whole argument was, like, everybody's, like, a slot above where they should be. Like, their third best player should be their fourth best player, and their fourth best player should be their fifth best player. And then last year, they put up the best offensive rating in history. Is Seth Curry that important? Like, <laughs> what? to Explain to me what is going on with the offense outside of just – to me, when I look at the numbers and when I look at the film, It, it to me, it screams just, like – it's an outlier. They're just missing shots. But tell me if I'm wrong on that.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely missing shots, right? I think they're still like bottom three, bottom five, and three point percentage so far this season. So that that's definitely been been that. that. Seth Curry has been amazing for the Sixers, and that is kind of a you know thing that they're definitely missing. They're missing one for sure, knockdown shooter. Like Maxi Kleba has been their best shooter so far this year. Uh, besides, besides when Tim Hardaway Jr. went absolutely nuts and hit eight for twelve, he was shooting like thirty two percent from three before they played the Rockets and he hit eight out of 10 threes and now he's shooting 40%. So that that number kind of changed a little bit. So a lot of this is still early and numbers will change and all that Luca was shooting for the first four games nine percent from three I mean just not not hitting any of his shots there so that doesn't open up a lot of the rest of his game he can still get in the lane he's still averaging you know 26 points a game he can still score basically over the top of anybody that's not seven feet tall and sometimes if you're Christian Wood he can score over the top of you if you're seven feet tall because he just has no shot down there but they they've really they've 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 added a bunch of new guys. They added Josh Richardson. They brought in James Johnson off the bench. They, you know, Trey Burke was a player that had been around the organization. He was really great in the bubble, but then they brought him in and he's playing with, you know, the rest of this team. Willie Colley Stein only played 13 games last season, so they're bringing him in as part of the rotation. They just added a bunch of new dudes and they're having a hard time trying to figure out an identity, especially with Porzingis out. With Porzingis out, it just changes, like you said, the order of where everything is. The Mavericks had a really, really good hierarchy last year, everyone knew exactly where they're supposed to be. Everyone knew exactly where they fit into this team. You had Luca and Tim Hardaway and, and you know, Curry, that would be like the shooters. And then you have Porzingis, who would be a pick and pop guy. And then you have Dwight Powell be the role guy. It just seemed like it's to all fit together. And they're missing that now. They're missing that kind of identity. You said you like Dwight Powell at the start of this, but he's been absolutely terrible. And Carlisle until, until the last game has been, you know, unreluctant to, to stop playing him. He just, he's coming back from an Achilles and his biggest attribute is his spring and his jump and his, you know, ability to, to catch lobs. And he just can't do that right now. so you're, you're giving up so much when he's playing there. Um, switching the starting lineup to Willie Colley Stein and Maxi Kleba against the Rockets was a, a pretty good move and it seemed to work, but it's mostly identity, I think for the Mavericks. So there's still time, right? Like same for the Nuggets. <laughs> there's still time to change some of these things. And when Porzingis comes back, hopefully soon, a lot of that will will go back to the way it was last season. But that's sort of the, the – is that a short answer? I don't know how long did I go there, oh, three, three minutes? That's a good answer,
1: <laughs> that's a, which is more important. It's a good answer. So I think it's interesting because the first three months of the season, I noticed that the, the Mavericks were actually a negative when KP was on the court and a positive when he was off. And then that shifted when he came back from the injury. Like he and Luka kind of found a chemistry and were playing well together. I think my concern is like I don't feel like Chris Daps Porzingis is a player that you can count on for a number of reasons, like the injuries are not his fault. That's just not, it's not anybody's fault. Like guys just get injured. That's just how it is. But when you factor in the injuries, plus the fact that sometimes it looks like it works great. And sometimes it's just like a nightmare. And then sometimes it's like, he's posting up. Why, 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 why? Yeah. And then the whole thing was like, Powell was like a safety blanket where Luka and Powell just like they tore teams up last year with pick and roll. And you know, like he lost his Achilles, like the Achilles injury. That's the most devastating one in the NBA. And what we're learning with KD, I think, is this is kind of like when I went through and I looked at all of the history of the, of the Achilles injuries and then looking at what KD's doing this season. I think a lot of it is the impact of the injury gets worse the level of player that you are. So Dominique Wilkins had an Achilles tear and he came back and was all NBA, like legendary Hall of Famer, right? KD's come back and it's probably going to wind up being an MVP candidate because they're at the top most here. But when you start getting into guys like Wes Matthews, Wes Matthews goes from like,
0: well, no, we we know uh, that very well.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So like Matthews, when he got hurt, was like an a level starter at, at shooting guard, great defender three and D. And now he's like a B minus C plus. If Powell was more of like a B minus B plus, depending on who he's with right now, he's like a C minus to D. And he's been an F so far this season. But, like, (laughs) if that's the drop-off, I think you're really in danger. And I think that Luca, because he's not, like, he hasn't been the best shooter. He just hasn't been. Like, that's just, like, it's really It's Well, it's really crazy because, like, you think of him and you see the step-backs and you're like, no, Luca step back. And then you're like, he's not a good shooter. Like, how is this possible?
0: (laughs) Well, his most famous shot is that shot against the Clippers, the game winner. And that's what everyone's going to look at for from now until forever. And he's been a 30% three-point shooter. Yeah. This he's year, just not a good shooter. 19 and a half. I mean
1: and you know. and like he's still he's still incredible. The big reason that I went in on the Mavericks over the season was cuz when I looked at, at everything last year and I actually dug into some of the Seth stuff to be like am I missing this? Yeah. Um cuz I'm notoriously low on Seth Curry. Um but when I really looked at it I was like no I like Lucas. just awesome. Like Lucas, just amazing. So like I kind of still have hope that like as he works himself back into uh shape then <laughs> like I still think that they can be like this incredible team. Like they're going to go exactly as Luca goes and that's fine for the season. Like probably next year is when they're going to have to figure out, like we got to get him like another guy. Cause I don't think it's going to be Chris Dapps. I don't think Chris Dapps can be like a floor setter for you. You need like a floor setter and Josh Richardson's not either. I like Josh Richardson a lot. I think he got a bad rap in Philly, like the defensive improvement you can look at and go like Josh Richardson's been a big part of that. Um, but you know, I still think that they need like another guy to come in and act as like a counter ball handler creator to, to Luca. Am I wrong on that?
0: Oh, a- no, absolutely. We've been calling for that for- forever. And, and in the bubble, Trey Burke was so good because he was playing that secondary ball handler like creator role. And it was such a breath of fresh air after seeing him play with after seeing Luca play with Tim Hardaway and with Curry, you know, the whole season. We're like, wow. Someone else that can handle the ball next to, next to Luca. This is a revelation. And so they definitely need somebody. We thought maybe Josh Richardson could bring some of that. I, I'm, re- I'm kind of low on that at this point. But uh, they definitely need somebody like that. They went after Kemba, not this past offseason, but the season before when he went to Boston. And they just the same thing as the the Nuggets. They They thought they had Kemba. They thought that they were going to bring him in. And then Al Horford decided, they, they decided to get rid of Al Horford and then all of a sudden Boston opened up. And so he went there. So they they the Mavericks know that that's something that they definitely want to bring in. And I, I like that you said that they need a floor setter because it's almost like the, you know, Steph Curry, you know, Draymond thing. Where Draymond comes back and all of a sudden Steph is like unleashed, right? His second, Draymond's second game back, he has one point, but Steph Curry has 60, 62 or 63, whatever. He needs somebody like that that opens up, you know, that, that stuff for him. And, uh, Porzingis can do that if he's on the floor, but that's the, you know, that's the big question, right? Is, is, is he going to be on? And when he's on, he's been awesome. The last, you know, couple months of the last season. And then even in the bubble, he was, I mean, he was incredible. It was, it was great to see those guys. They work so well together. They figured out a lot of stuff, but he's got to be available. And if he's not, then, you know, that's kind of what this whole thing depends on.
1: Yeah. And I also feel like this is one of the kind of the key issues where the league is actually kind of, it's, it's in a weird tipping point right now with bigs where some of them are, are rim divers and some of them are floor spacers. And the idea has kind of been like, no, you want your big to be able to spread the floor and stuff like that. Well, I think with Luca, because his shooting, isn't the big thing. I do think you kind of need somebody that can put pressure at the rim. Like, I think that you need that athleticism to apply pressure at the rim. And that's one of the things like, I don't know, like Porzingis, if he's in space, sure. Like he's tall, right. He's tall and he's athletic or he was before a million injuries, but like that to me is kind of what they're missing because of Powell's injuries. Like they need somebody and maybe that's like, and that's obviously like why Willie Colley Stein has moved into the, into the starting lineup. But like if Willie Colley Stein is the answer, you, (laughs) your problem is a bigger issue. Right. And so that's, that's kind of thing is, yeah, it feels like you need to find somebody like a Clint Capella or somebody that of that nature. I make a lot of Harden, uh, Luca comparisons and, It feels like they do need somebody that's just going to be able to run, pick and roll and put pressure at the rim um, directly in order to be the kind of team that they need to be.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. And Luca just gets in the lane and he scores in the paint at an elite level. And he just needs somebody else around there to, you know, if if, they're, if he's going to bring in two, three defenders that the other guy needs to be able to catch a lob, right? Or kick out and hit a three. It's just, that's the whole game. That's why their offense was so good last year. They had Powell. He could catch those lobs. Porzingis catch some lobs, but then they also had guys on the outside shooting and it's just it's such an easy way to do offense Luca drive and makes a decision. And then that's, (laughs) or he stops and takes a step back and hopefully, hopefully he makes it. But that was basically the whole offense. so, yeah, I I totally agree with you. They need somebody like that. And uh, I don't know if Willie Colley Stein is the answer, but for now he's a better answer than, than Dwight Powell. Um, All right. Coming up a couple more things on Dallas Mavericks, Denver Nuggets. We'll preview the game coming up tonight. If you're listening to this on Thursday, we'll talk about all that coming up. But before we do, rockauto.com. There's so many different types of makes and models of cars. Matt, what kind of car do you have?
1: I have a Nissan Rogue.
0: You have a Nissan Rogue, I have a Kia Nero. There's just all kinds of different cars and I don't know if we'd be able to get the same parts that we need for both of our cars at the same place if we went to a brick and mortar store. RockAuto.com has all those places. They're an auto body part store that has, uh, they've been serving customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop online for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything you could ever need. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliable low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to RockAuto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about a spot? so they know that we sent you again right in Locked On amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com when you need fantasy basketball advice it's important that you have a reliable source more people trust Josh Lloyd host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast than any other fantasy basketball podcast subscribe to the number one fantasy basketball podcast Locked On Fantasy Basketball wherever you get your pods how many times can I say fantasy and basketball I Think just that's all you need to know Josh Lloyd brings fantasy, fan, basketball fantasy is what he brings. Go subscribe to that. All right, Matt. Uh, so coming up the uh, tonight, if you're listening to this on Thursday, Mavericks play the Nuggets. Uh, what are you expecting to see from the Nuggets? Do they? You think? Uh, I think the Mavericks keep their starting lineup with Willie Cauley Stein and um, with Maxi, and they put Maxi on Jokic, which will be kind of an interesting matchup. Uh, but what are you expecting on the Nuggets side?
1: The Mavericks have av- absolutely torched Denver through the years. It's been, even when the Mavericks were awful, they were still getting wins versus Denver when Denver was improving. Um, the big reason then was because Denver was playing drop scheme and pick and roll. So they would drop Jokic in the big cause they were like, he can't move. So we're just going to put him back. They talked to Jokic uh, two years ago, 2000, before 2018. And they said, 2018, 19. And they said, where are you comfortable? Like how, how do you want to play defense? And Jokic said, I don't like dropping. I get I get too uncertain of what I'm supposed to be doing. Do I need to challenge the ball handler? Do I need to make sure and get back? I can't recover back to the lob guy. I would rather use my hands and quickness to be better at the at the level. And most people are like, he's not quick. Jokic is exceptionally quick, he's not fast. No, those (laughs) are two different things.
0: Luca, the same exact way.
1: (laughs) Right. And so Jokic is really good putting two on ball. Um and that curtailed the Mavericks in the games they played in 2018, 19. Last year, what was interesting was uh, if you remember, there was one game where the Mavericks led the entire game, and then the Nuggets absolutely clamped down on Luka in the fourth quarter oh, yeah. and got I, a win in Dallas. How many Nuggets fans were in my mentions like Gary Harris puts on the clamps just like over and over? The way that that happened is they didn't, they played soft drop or like at the level, but not way up high. They played just below the level of the screen um, because. It's hard. That's tiring. Like, it's really exhausting to be up at that level and trying to, if you're big, trying to contain the ball handler. So the question tomorrow is, are the Nuggets going to have the energy to play up at that level and put pressure on Luka to get the ball out of his hands and make Josh Richardson or, you know, Willie Stein or Maxi Kleber or whoever. Yeah. Yeah. Make those guys make plays. And then the second question is, will the Mavericks adjust? Because the way to adjust is you don't run middle pick and roll you're on side pick and roll and you absolutely overload the strong side with one shooter on the week. And then you have your role guy, go middle. The nuggets do not have the personnel because they are having to play Paul Millsap and Jamichael green at center for a lot of the, of the bench units. They do not have the ability to rotate down and challenge at the rim. You can get lob after lob after lob if you have a good enough passer, which Luca Doncic absolutely is. He's one of the best passers in the league. And you have guys that can finish at the rim as well as one corner shooter. Like that to me is like what's going to determine the battle. I'm expecting the Mavericks because Rick Carlisle is a really good coach to make Mm -hmm. the adjustments necessary. I'm expecting the Nuggets not to be able to give the kind of effort that they need to give at all points because it's tiring and the, the season is really exhausting. So I think that the the Mavericks have a really good chance of stealing this game, but more than anything, uh, as a better, I'm going to be looking at the over. I just think there's going to be a ton of points in this game. I don't think oh, the yeah. Dallas improved defense can slow down what Jokic is doing. Um, I don't think that the, I think the bench units are both probably going to struggle to score a little bit, but I think there's going to be a lot of points in this game overall.
0: You're not worried about Boban coming in and doing what he did the day, the, you know, the day that the NBA start stopped. You're not worried about that.
1: No, I think it is a concern. Like if he comes in, Isaiah Hartenstein is out of the rotation. They have no backup center. Oof. They got nobody. Zeke Naji's not ready to play. Like he's a rookie. You can't put Zeke Naji in on Boban. You want him to, to live. So like <laughs> if, if Carlisle goes to Boban, Boban can, have, like they, the Clippers did this where they just had Boban run pick and roll. And they literally won a game doing nothing but playing Boban. <laughs> like, it was hilarious. The Nuggets well, just couldn't do anything with him.
0: The Mavericks did it, like, the game before the, the NBA stopped, right? Boban, what did he have, like, 37 and 17? I mean, they, they've, they've done that done This it is absolutely,
1: more, so. like, it, that's the, the easiest way to get away. If you just want to get the win, just play Boban. Play yeah. Boban heavy minutes in the middle of the second quarter after Jokic has his first second quarter stint, and you will, you will take the lead at half, do it again in the fourth quarter, and you will win the game. <laughs>
0: and then defensively though i would i would worry about bobon on the other end right how much are you giving up with with bobon playing there because i mean i guess the the denver's secondary like denver's second unit you're not super worried about if he plays against them but if he's playing against Jokic or murray or port like porter jr would carve him up i feel like
1: so that's the key is you, you kind of got to get him as long as he's not playing murray you're fine Like you got to keep him away from Murray. Murray will will track him down. And then, but then even then, look, even then, what Murray's probably gonna go to is the same thing that all guards go to. When he drops, Murray's gonna take the mid-range shot. Now Murray can absolutely light you up with those, but don't you live with that? Like aren't you just only if he's in uh,
0: Orlando, maybe?
1: Right. But like (laughs) aren't aren't you just kind of like, all right, you know, if we lose because Jamal Murray scored 40, tip of the hat. So you know, and I think that I, I think that he's a problem for Jokic. I think he's a problem for the backup bigs, like. I think he's playable in this game because the Nuggets do not have a pick and roll game right now um, to be able to really take advantage of him.
0: Yeah. Interesting. That side pick and roll stuff you were talking about earlier. I've definitely seen a lot of that from the Mavericks. And when, you know, everyone was complaining about Dwight, it was the the, the peak this season, I guess, of, of fans complaining about Dwight Powell. They started running some side pick and roll. It wasn't against the Rockets. It wasn't against the Bulls. It was the game before that. And they started to run some of that. And I was like, Oh, there's some life, like signs of life, and so I wonder if they do pull that back out again because it's it's definitely something that it's going to be available to them, like you said, and they've they've run it a little bit this season. Um, yeah. What what about uh? Let's talk about Michael Porter Jr. I I actually have a question about him. So you said he's having a hard time fitting in. What do you think his ideal role is, like on this team going forward, or even just like this season?
1: I think he, the biggest role for him, is. Probably he needs to be a guy that runs a lot with Jokic without Murray. Their problem is Jokic and Porter tear teams up Murray and Jokic tear teams up Murray, Jokic and Porter don't know how to play together. They don't know. Like they just don't know how to make that work. And it's been now the Nuggets are going to keep trying because it's important for their long-term future health to do that is like, that's like the goal. I just think that there's a lot of situations where they can't get into their offense because Porter is either like, I got to get my shots and like tries to force it. And then he demures too much and he doesn't like take over when he's got a mismatch his feel for the, it's really crazy. His feel for the game of basketball one-on-one is incredible. His feel for the game of basketball five on five is very poor. (laughs) And that's like kind of the count. That's like kind of the issue is like, if you just tell him like, Hey, we need you to go get 30 done. No problem. But like if you tell him, like, we need you to work in the flow of an offense to make everybody better and we need you to be able to defend. He struggles. And it's honestly not an intention thing. Like he has really good intentions. He's trying defensively. It is not an effort issue. It's not an offensive effort issue. It's honestly that he tries too hard. He just doesn't know how to fit in. And it's it's weird because like he's a six ten potential 50-40-90 shooter on most normal teams that he gets drafted to. He's just running, pick and roll with like a veteran point guard who's gonna feed him. They're winning 30 games and he's putting up insane numbers, but he's on a contender and he has to mold himself into this team. He's learning winning basketball early, which is great, but they're struggling to figure out how to win with him. Maybe he'll one thing I do think that'll improve is. Jamichael Green was a big missing piece for them. They, it's not that Jermichael Green's this great player. They just needed somebody to do the stuff that he did. And I think the second unit, like he's been a big part of why Faku Campazo has gotten going. So I think the second unit that they're going to run with that have Jokic with Faku, with Jamichael Green, and then Porter are probably going to be pretty effective. And maybe that'll get Porter into a comfort zone and he can slide more into a better spot.
0: Yeah, it's almost like Michael Porter Jr. grew up in an AAU culture, almost. Just almost. <laughs> almost. <laughs> just almost. Very,
1: very last close. Th-
0: last thing here: Are we gonna see Bol Bol versus Boban? Right? I feel like that—that that would be the fan. I would. I would lo- I personally would love to
1: see that. Oh just man, think. I'm gonna write a petition and <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna sign up and I'm gonna make strong posts about it. And if I don't get my way, I'm gonna <laughs> storm the Nuggets offices and.
0: All right, you ask coach man, pregame, man, and I'll man. ask Mavs coach pregame. All right, deal. Go from there, Matt Moore. Thanks so much for uh for joining me on Locked On Mavericks, guys. Thanks for listening to Locked On Nuggets as well. And uh you can find us on Twitter everywhere. And uh, we'll be back probably with a post game. We'll see what happens.